We're gonna stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. It's time, America, for the number one conservative common sense podcast that's calling out all the social justice, political correctness crap, and putting it on the run. Do you think you can handle it? So hop in and buckle up and get ready to ride with two straight-shooting, tell-it-like-it-is ex-street cops. And they know how to party with few inhibitions. As they give the special interest and weak-kneed politicians a swift kick in the ass. Wow, is that legal? With some good old-fashioned common sense. Bring it on, baby. It's Cop Talk USA <laughs> with your hosts, Marillo and French. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Cop Talk USA. I'm here with my good friend and in the words of Larry Eric. Hello, buddy. Hello, Pally. Hey, hey yeah, did you see all the activity on our Facebook page? Thousands and thousands. Oh, of I've hits. got I've got some numbers. I'm oh, gonna pull up that's today. cool I'm gonna, stuff. I'm gonna throw out at our listeners because uh, yeah, keep ratcheting it up, folks. We love it. Oh, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of stuff yeah. that that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe's going good, going good. Um, How'd your cyclones do, Roger? Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm this is tale of two stories. You had the uh, I'm gonna talk about Iowa. Yeah. Iowa fell in their face, face yeah. and they just showed up and they didn't even come to play no iowa state you know you got about three calls and if those go the other way you got a different story there yeah iowa state came to play i iowa came to lay an egg and well i'm not a guy who usually bitches about the referees usually yeah. if the game's close yeah. enough and it's a holding call or something like that i usually just go well it shouldn't have been that close but in this instance with iowa state you had three calls that were directly either there was a score or they took points off the board yeah one of them it was a catch that the guy's foot didn't get down. The other one was a fumble that, that he was down. You had that. And then, of course, you had a play where the clock had run out. It was clear it had run out, and they continued the play, and they scored on that play, and they didn't call it back or wave it off. So, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, it happens. I, I just said know, the Big 12. I, I said, come on, you're better than that. You can yeah. do better than that. Yep, I agree. So, so we did that. Um, you know, it was a – there's a whole bunch of information uh, – or not information, but uh, things that happened over the last week – that uh, we need to talk about today. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Aside we're, we're from gonna... uh, aside, by the time this show airs, we will have an election. The second will have hit. Mm-hmm. Our show comes out on the second, so mm-hmm. it will have run. You could have a changing of the guard and some school boards, a whole bunch of things. You've got that uh, defund the police issue going on up in Minneapolis. They're having that vote. Those those brain surgeons up there trying to defund that. So anyway, but uh, it was kind of speaking of that. Did you see? Ilian Omar, I think, am I saying that right? Am I pronouncing her name right? Yeah, Ilian or whatever, know. whatever it is. Ian Omar, uh-huh. the uh, she's up there. Uh, she's their kind of their their senator or whatever. She's blaming the police department in Minneapolis for all the crime. She says the police are refusing to take calls up there. They don't have any accountability, and they need a citizens review board. Of course, they're trying to do away with the police department, put in a safety department, public mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. deal, but. Uh, She's blaming them. This craziness just goes on and on and on. It's easy to be pissed off at people like her because she's a moron. But uh, you got to also be pissed off at the idiots who elect morons like that. New York is swimming in caca right now because of that de Blasio character. You got Pelosi who represents San Francisco. You got Portland. You got all these left wingers and these all these goofy cities. But these people elect these. These people are representing that mindset amongst these communities and cities and states. That's a scary thing. Well, what they've done, uh, some of these they've already gone out and defunded. I saw in Austin, they had defunded. Now they're going to vote to put the money back in because the crime had shot up. Uh, they didn't have enough officers to respond. Response times have gone down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you look at Minneapolis. You know the the morale is down there. They're short officers. They can't get them. Uh, Chicago's same way. I mean, New York. And who is penalized for that? It's you and me, or the citizens, especially the citizens in those uh, areas that need them the most. The one positive out of all of this horrid negative public safety news is that they are building a case for drastic change starting in the 22 midterms and then in the 24 presidential election. This country cannot continue down this path. We are he- we are headed towards uh, the cliff. We're going to fall off if we don't regain control of our country again. Well, the good thing that I am seeing, and I'm hearing this, a lot of these defund the police, this is kind of reversing now. The people with the common sense, the people in these, it's not replacing the people who have pushed it. 
But some of the other people who are quiet now are starting to raise their well, voice. People are say, starting hey, to they're starting to realize that hey, this this impacts me. This stuff comes home to light. This has affected my family's public safety and my security and my well-being, and, and I don't like this, and, and it's crazy that it ever got a foothold. Period. Well, if they, if they don't change this, this is a downhill deal. You're not going to get officers. Your response times are going to go bad. Crime's going to go up. It's already shot up. So, you know, it all goes to the common sense. And speaking of common sense, of course, we saw what came out with uh, our fearless leader in, uh, you know, Dumb and Dumber out there. Uh, uh, he wants to give $450,000 to the illegal people that jumped the border that got separated from the kids. Yeah. People who could care less about our immigration laws who came here illegally, now we're going to reward them with $450,000 each. I think you I'm know. illegal. I think I'm illegal. I think I got yeah. separated. I need the you money. Know, uh, you know, I, uh, that, that stupidity, and up to a million dollars a family. Yeah, and, and think about all the American citizens who are scrambling right now, trying to make ends meet, can't afford health insurance, they're paying atrocious prices at the grocery store for fuel, their power bills are about to go up, and these jackasses out in D.C. are wanting to give people who enter this country illegally almost half a million of our tax dollars each. You've got to be off your gourd to, to suggest that or to support it. Well, guess what? A fallen soldier who gets killed, his family gets 400000 Yeah. Gets yeah. less than what you want to give yeah. somebody who crosses our border. Yeah. And they get more than a police officer killed is, the line Is this guy trying? Is he trying to just... I, I don't get it. I, I don't. Mean, I, here's do what they, I honestly think. I mean, set, set, set all the craziness aside. Joe Biden's incompetent, and his sidekick is equally incompetent. They were the Trojan horses for the Democratic Party, and they're here, but they're not running the show. All their uh, supporters in D.C. are running it. Uh, other goofballs like Schumer, Pelosi, Reid, Box, they're all boxer. They're all running. These, this guy won't even answer questions. Well, I, from what I understand, he can't stay on stage that long because he has a little accident. <laughs> you know, he, he, he craps himself or something, what I hear. So yeah, he's got to get up. But, yeah. but what, what, what I'm, you know, it's just, it's like he's trying. It's like they're trying to sit around and think, what can we piss off America? How about well, we screw America up the, more? The Democratic Party uh, should be ashamed of themselves to put a, a somebody who's dealing with dementia into the high nation's highest office. They they should be ashamed that they did that. And they knew what they were doing. Oh. This guy's struggling. He, oh, I, I'm not supposed to take questions. And he turns around and toddles away. Well, somebody is running that show. And I don't know who it is behind the Probably scenes. doing a good job. No, but but it, it, the left the left wing nut jobs have got in there. And he's he's taken on full board. Well, so I don't know. We can survive another four years. I, you know, I think twenty two the midterms will will regain control of Congress, and that'll stop a lot of this crazy zaniness. Um, but think about this for a minute. This this goofball president and his sidekick have approval ratings uh, amongst the American constituency. Right now, about 29% of people still support. 71% have no faith or support of Joe Biden and, and uh, Harris. Well, I, I can tell you, I fall in that category. I have, I, I didn't vote for the guy. No, I, I didn't either. If I could move someplace else to get away from him, I'd do it. I yep. told you that uh, with city council people the other last show. I keep asking for just one person who voted for or supported this joker to tell me about all the good things he's done. Did you see the airline business tonight on no, the news? No. Oh, yeah. United Airlines canceled 2,000 flights. There's all these people stranded in airports, no help, no fuel. Schedules are screwed up, no pilots. I mean, it's crazy. And this well, is all on Biden's watch. Everything has kind of changed. Speaking of the airlines, did you see this? Uh, the guy on the airlines, he's, he was sitting in first class. And he gets bumped by the the stewardess or mm -hmm. uh, the flight attendants, the more proper yes, term. Yes, Fluid, You know, I think a stewardess, I got some. <laughs> anyway, he uh, gets bumped, and she says, excuse me. She goes up, and he gets out of his seat, goes in and punches her in the nose, breaks her nose. FBI got the guy and took him off plane. This violence on these planes is going crazy. They just had another one in uh, Atlanta to uh, New York, I think it was, or someplace like that, where they got a brawl, two guys brawling. I mean, they're this is going crazy on these planes. They've had more violence in the last couple of years uh, or recently on this. There's a big article about it. And it's, I don't know what's triggering this. I don't get it. I don't think uh, of the aromatic violence on air force one. When Jojo loses control of his bowels. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a dandy. <laughs>
Anyway, let's talk about today's show a little bit. Here's what we got coming up because uh, people like knowing we've got our Fallen Officer of the Day segment. We're going to talk about guys that we've lost, uh, the folks that we lost over the last week. And we're going to have some shout outs. We've contact us. We've got, uh, we're going to discuss our numbers a little bit and the listeners and the cities they're in who are listening to us. Of course, we have uh, Dave's favorite segment, the Asset of the Week. We'll spotlight a department this week, and this week's going to be the Urbandale Police Department. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then we've got two great guests that are going to come on. Yes. That are going to dovetail with an article that came out today about Waukee's pulling those books out of there. These are uh, two gentlemen that are running for school board, and we want to get them on, and we're going to talk to them extensively Can't about, wait. about what they are. Can't so, wait. So anyway, uh, let's go into the fallen officer piece today, and I want to identify four of these guys. And uh, these are folks that we lost last week. Uh, one of them was uh, police officer Stephen Evans from the Burns Police Department in Kansas. He was killed on uh, October 25th on a vehicle crash. He's survived by his wife and three children, parents and brother. Another one was done on September 21st, Sherman Pebbles. He was in Muskegee County Sheriff up in Georgia. Um, uh, he died due to COVID, and they're losing a lot of officers due to COVID. We'll talk about that a little bit. He leaves a wife and son, parents and three brothers. And one of the things I want to say about officers who die because of COVID, most of them, this isn't a, a matter of them passing away because they didn't get vaccinated. This is a matter that they were on the duty they were working when everybody else was at home, locked down, not moving, and there wasn't in a vaccination. And uh, they were out in mass taking calls, going through the public, going out. And that goes for firefighters, paramedics, everybody. They were out doing their job. This is a, in direct relation to what happened to them. Yeah, you make a great point, Roger. When you're in public service, police, fire, paramedics, ER, nurses, doctors, whatever, when you directly deal with the public, you subject yourself to everything and anything in the way of disease, sharps, illness, being assaulted. Bad weather. Bad weather. People who have mental problems, you go there and, and are expected to handle that. And then the folks who aren't in law enforcement, who have the luxury of sitting at home watching the news, you hear about the news, but it's all it's all filtered. Well, they, they want to criticize these guys, but the big thing is this this isn't a case of these officers all going, we're not going to get vaccinated, we're, we refuse. No, this is a case that they were taking the calls, they were answering the bell when vaccinations weren't there, and they risked their life, just like they did going in against a guy with a gun or going to domestic. It's the or same like thing. 9-11. That's right. When they, know, they, when, they, when they, they ran they, towards the danger when most run away. And, and unfortunately, they don't have the – they didn't have the – the uh, ability to say, you know, uh, the, with this virus, I'm not going out. No, they went out and did that. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, I just, I just well, don't forget now too, Roger. Some of these yo-yo governors and mayors are now forcing police officers to leave, firefighters to leave, because they won't get vaccinated. Yeah. Well, what they're going to find out, just like New York, what we say, New York lost 2,500 officers mm -hmm. that walked off the job. So, anyway, I've got two more. We've got uh, Tyler Timmons. He was uh, from the Pontoon Police Department, in Illinois. Uh, he was shot and killed while investigating a stolen car in a parking lot. It was a real bad deal. He leaves a wife and stepdaughter. Jess Sherrill, uh, his end of watch was October 28th. New Hampshire State Police Officer, he was killed in a crash. He was helping out public works people, and a uh, semi-tractor came up and got him and got the car and, and killed him. So it was a real tough deal. Don't there. forget, folks, uh, most states have a move-over law. Right. Make sure on the interstates when you see the— you, they're, they're not hard to, to mistake. When you see red and blue flashing lights ahead of you, that's a clue. Move your ass over to the next lane and slow down because chances are there's a peace officer, there's a DOT officer, somebody's up ahead dealing with something. Well, we have a lot of, you know, accidents take a lot of lives, you know, and you're right, drunk drivers are out there. What do we have? We lost two Des Moines officers at a... And they're prisoner by a drunk driver out here west of town. And we had a West Des Moines officer severely injured when he was rear-ended out here on 35 yeah. a couple years ago. He, I mean, he, accidents yeah. are, a, are a big point. You know, it's not all knives and guns It's in domestics. It's it's drunk drivers and, and just stupid people in cars who don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we've lost, uh, just sort of by give everybody a feel for it, this year we've lost 386 officers have been yeah. killed in line of duty. Yep. And uh, that, no, that number's months, two months to go, too, That, that number's growing. Hey, um, Roger, and let's not forget about the canine officers that get killed, too. Oh, absolutely. Injured. I mean, that, that, I think we've lost three canine units. I think you're right. And so, a lot of them are stabbed and shot, and they, they rehabilitate them, and then they 
retire them, but them them dogs are out there kicking it too. So they, keep, they keep save all, they prayers. save some lives. Oh, they buddy. save some officers' lives. Love dogs. Find find lost kids. I mean, they mm-hmm. do it all. All right. Well, let's go to our shout outs. I'm going to give some shout outs today. Rick Gates. You know Rick? I do. Former former police officer. We'll give him one. My buddy Merle Laswell. Give Merle on. Carolyn Taylor. Carolyn Taylor. Former police officer, uh, Des Moines officer. Great. I don't know if we've ever shouted out to Tom Turner. He's a buddy of ours. We're going to get him on the program one of these days. He's going to enlighten all of us on how government gets its ass in a sling. He's an HR director and expert. And he's an attorney. Attorney. He's he's sharp. Uh, Steve Allen, uh, he's a follower of ours. I've, I saw him on Facebook. I want to give him a shout-out. Paulette Eyrick, Larry's yeah. wife. Love, love <laughs> oh, Paulette. Yeah. Love love and yeah. anybody, uh, we're going to have to have a segment about Larry Eyrick-isms. Because mm-hmm. uh, down to there, and uh, hello, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Pally. <laughs> hello, buddy. Uh, Matt Boatwright. And uh, last but not least, uh, this is one I'm going to uh, talk a bit about. And I have... I lost a good friend of mine, Dave McKibben, uh, the other day. Yeah, I'm and sorry Dave, to hear that. Yeah, and Dave His was sister a, and I graduated, and you graduated with him. McKibbins are good people. Good people. Uh, he was one who was a non-vaccinator. And this and this is the way I feel about this. I've kind of changed. You know, before I lost Dave, um, before I lost Dave, we were, uh, I had the opinion that, you know, no one has the right to force you to take a vaccination. I, and I still agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an individual decision. But one mm-hmm. of those decisions you have to make is not only does it affect you if you get sick and die, it affects your family, friends. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration. This was one that I felt truly he should have been vaccinated. He was firmly against it, but when you know when he got it and died, I kind of, I kind of, I just felt like it was a needless loss. That uh, well, I had a good friend, a buddy of mine, who was a, a bus mechanic for the Carlisle School District, named right. Gary Thomas, and he actually videotaped his unsuccessful battle with COVID. And he would text me, and he told me he, he was he was suffocating to death. That's horrible. Well, I, I, and I know there's data out there that you know some people who don't get it point to. Uh, I just I'm a guy of large numbers. How many people got the vaccination? And you know it's not going to go right for everybody. And everybody's got an opinion about it. Yeah, and you know, I, and I, I, respect, I respect that. I respect everybody's opinion on it. And you know some folks have natural immunity. Some get it. And it's like a cold. You know. They sneeze. They get the sneezes and sniffles. I guess what I would tell people: if you have any deep pre-existing conditions like heart disease or COPD, diabetic, or diabetic or and you're older, then you know, don't get it. What the hell? Yeah. But I, uh, the other thing I'll say, it was with just as much passion. It's your decision. Nobody should be forcing you to do it. Yeah. Okay. You know, now Roger shouldn't be doing. Roger it. has tried numerous times to get me to take a shot of whiskey. I mean, you know, we've partied a lot. I think years. that should be mandated. Mandated. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I want to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. We do this every day, so I'll, I'll do my spew. You can get a hold of us. Uh, you can see us on Cop Talk. USA.com, that's our website. Uh, if you go to that, you'll be able to select an episode. Uh, and uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, and TuneIn. And you can get that through our QR code. If you listen to other podcasts, we'll come up. You can call us at 1-800-431-7074. You can email us at mail us at coptalk.com. Uh, you, our Facebook is there. Check our Facebook out. There's links there, USA. Uh, you can mail us uh, at uh, 6750 West Town Parkway, Suite 200, Box uh, 106. Again, cash to me, letter bombs to Dave. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're up every, uh, every we try to be up uh, at the very latest on Wednesday, but generally we're up on Tuesdays. It depends on Bob Diggler's mood. Bob Diggler. Yes, Bob. He's <laughs> He keeps us rolling and he keeps us straight. And, uh, Bob's good man. Bob, I'm, I, I love the outfit. I love the hat today. You're looking. Yeah, you're looking. You're styling today, as always. Profiling. One other thing I wanted to go into, our listeners. Mm-hmm. I got a little list here of yep. people, uh, and I just want to kind of let people know about this. As of noon today, and we've been going doing this for about seven weeks. Mm-hmm. This is episode eight. We've had over, we've had four thousand seven hundred thirty downloads, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be over five thousand here in our next uh, real, yeah. real easy. We, we, every week we pick up steam. This, yeah. this we're gaining, we're gaining traction. Raj. And those are those are people listening to all oh, yeah. of our episodes that are, are coming on, These are voters, and they're through all the different through all the different platforms. We're big in West Des Moines, Des Moines, you know, all the all the uh, cities. We are able to pull these up. We've got a following in St. Charles. 
Oh, St. Yeah. Charles Island. I don't know who's all, who's all down there. They're we, just good old people. Is that the a common is, sense? Is that people. your the Dave Marillo fan club cult down there? They uh, they worship a big. Uh, a you big know what? Statue. I know I know folks who live down there. Good people. Well, they must be listening. We also have a following in uh, Winter Garden, Florida. I think I know who's down there. There, those folks are doing it. Indian Trail, North Carolina, Polly's Island, South Carolina, Traverse City, Michigan. Houston, Texas, and Humble, Texas, which are the same thing. Mm-hmm. I know who's down there listening to us. My buddy Dave down there, uh, Steve Watson's down there, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's spreading the word for us. You know, Houston, Charlotte, Carolina. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina, Waukee, Iowa, obviously. Clive, Norwalk. Also, we got a little following in Norwalk. That's your hometown, so yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're listening. Some of these, you know, we look at the different times, and it kind of ranges all over. We're getting some first watch guys, I can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell the guys that are listening at 3 and 4 in the morning. They're a squad car. They're on the, the phone. The cops are loving this because we're saying what they can't say. If they say what we say, they get in trouble because the politically correct crusaders are looking over them and their chiefs. And if they say what we say, they get in trouble. Well, but we you get, know what? We don't answer them, mayors and council members. We get to we get to tell like it is. Yeah, yeah. If you don't and like and, it. and country-wise, obviously we're big in the U.S. But Spain, Pakistan, Ireland, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, and the Philippines. You know what I'm expecting for us to get, Roger? What's that? You and I both, because we've been there. Maybe some Twinkies with a file in it from Facebook jail. Oh yeah. Well, I've been I've been doing good. I'm I'm uh, I'm on double secret probation there. If I punch one letter in that board, buddy, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm on probation. The, the guys too. can probably yeah. watch us. So now, Bob, I think it's time. It's time for Dave's segment. And now it's time for ass hats of the week. It's time. <laughs> yes, it's true. This man has no dick. He's a real asshole. Oh, David. Okay, buddy. Go ahead, batter up. Okay. Once again, I've I've got to go generic this week. Because I'm, I'm like a news hound. I follow stories. I read things. I'm, I'm up on the issues. And, Roger, are you familiar with a saying called, let's go, Brandon? That I think means, I've heard that. I think I've heard yeah, that yeah. Uh, a time or two. And it doesn't mean, let's go, Brandon. Okay, and I'm not going to say what it, it means. It has to refer to a certain uh, Yeah, it has a famous German image. word in it, yeah, okay? Yeah. But right now, the asshats of the week for Dave are the mainstream media uh, goofballs who are absolutely losing their mind because they're losing control. Their vice grip lock on the United States is now starting to crumble. They, they see their boy Biden being attacked. They can't defend him. He won't defend himself. These stadiums throughout the country, you've seen that. Oh, absolutely. They don't say, let's oh, go, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, and and there, I saw some one of those deals where they were chanting it, and somebody, some Karen was sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. She turns and goes, "You're being racist." It was racist. Everybody were calling racist. it. Of course, racist is the new term for you know. I just don't disagree with you, so you're racist. It yeah. doesn't mean you're. It doesn't mean that. It means you know. As a Hispanic, I've been called a racist by white people. They're looking out for me, Roger. Oh, you know, yeah. they got they got my Latino heritage. They're they're protecting me. I. I what they're doing is they're pandering to me, and it pisses me off. But they, they think they're protecting me. But that's a huge part of the progressive left's mantra. They they love race issues. Well, they all they it. all they want to do is they want to you know the that whole deal, and and that's the way America feels about Biden. They don't mm-hmm. like him. They hate him. And, they, and their voice sucks. He's and, a bad and, bad president. And of course, anybody who says that now, the 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 left is oh, you're racist. Well. I've got one. I mean, I've, I've struggled with this because there's so many. There's so many uh, potential. I mean, we could just do a group. You know, I've got Biden on there for this uh-huh. for his four hundred fifty thousand dollar gift he wants to give to the legal mm-hmm. people. You know, I've uh, I've got uh, Omar up there who's claiming the police are are uh, not responding. It's the police fault because they defunded the police department. And mm-hmm. She supports that. I mean, it just kind of goes on and on. I, I another one. The people who put the book, those books. In the Waukee Library. School and, library. Yeah, and the people who are standing up saying how wrong it is that you're anti-LGBT and blah, 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 they're asshats. They don't have a clue. I bet some of them haven't even read it. Uh, haven't even read the books. What's going on here, and this is why the, the radical left. Now, now the blue dog Dems, they're with us. The moderates, right. conservatives, and independents, they're with us. This radical faction of the Democratic Party that's controlling the Democratic Party they're squawking like wet hens right now because because they're being noticed now. Their their radical agenda is being showcased. We're now. outing. They don't them. like it. We're outing. Them. Yeah, they don't like it. 
Well, we're going to go into that a little bit later on with our guest that we have coming on. We're going to talk about this because I got these two gentlemen are running for the school board. They're doing something about it. And these yeah. are these are our kind of guys that we need to promote, guys and gals that we need to promote. And get in here in the story. That's just what well, we I need. sent. Uh, I sent money to a middle of the road school board candidate running for the Norwalk School District. Right. I sent him money, and I got a yard sign in my front yard. Hey, I, I don't talk the talk. I walk the walk. I put my money where my mouth is. You don't have is. kids. You, your kids are all grown. They're you got grandkids. But I, but I have 11 grandkids going to the Norwalk School District, right. and I, I don't want some woke uh, cretin dictating their personal beliefs on my grandchildren. I want reading, writing, and arithmetic. It took Roger and I a long time to figure out that arithmetic doesn't start with an R. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told you my mom is threatening to sue the school board for graduating me. She wanted to, she's got, you graduated him. I want money. She was we thought, remember me. Raj, we, we got in trouble in school. We both went to Valley. We thought we were just at a party in that corner with that big cone uh, hat on. I don't, I don't know how I'd react today. It's, oh, it's sitting a in a class and had a, some teacher telling me I ought to feel guilty about my you know, skin white, color. You know, oh white. yeah. You know, I mean, I, Roger, you're suffering from white privilege. Oh yeah. I got their white privilege. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Let's, uh, so we're going to get into that with our with our candidates in a little bit. We've got a segment, Spotlight on Excellence. I'm going to go ahead and, and hit that. Today, uh, we're going to look at the Urbandale Police Department. Great department. 56 sworn officers. They've got nine civilians. They've got 11 reserve officers. And we know, And one, one of these days, I want to talk about the reserve program. Because those officers benefit and help out, and they bridge some gaps when other officers are on vacation or they're doing this or doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got three divisions uh, there. They've got a patrol division, a criminal investigation division, and a uh, support services division. Their chief of police is Rob Johansson. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, you are. He's been the chief of police there since 1993. They have a city of uh, 45,580 residents mm-hmm. at that location. And that city was established in 1958. I can't keep track of these city boundaries, these suburban boundaries anymore, Roger. You can live in Urbandale, but have your kids go to Waukee. It's, it's, I can't keep track of the boundaries They're no. all over the map. So and the other thing that they had, uh, and this is a anniversary that's coming up tomorrow. It's a sad one. Uh, on November 2nd, they had an Urbandale officer that was ambushed to kill Justin Martin. Yeah. He was and he was taken Rookie out. Officer. He was killed with uh, a Des Moines officer, uh, Anthony Bominio. Tony Bominio by some animal that's yeah. still in jail. Yeah, that, that and he will be the rest of his miserable life. I, you know, I, I hope, I hope that bastard that killed those two cops is suffering from claustrophobia, and I hope he has like three or four husbands in prison for what well, he the, did. Well, that was uh, in the, they weren't shot together. One, uh, they're two different locations. Mm-hmm. Two different times, yep. and then they caught the guy. You know, and, and you I th- and I both, Roger, when we were working night patrol, Merle Hay and Sheridan is the last place that you would think a Des Moines police officer would be slaughtered, and that's what he was. He was slaughtered. This jackass pulls up next to Tony and his patrol. Tony's in his patrol car. Right. He pulls up, firing out the window with a high-powered rifle, and right. and ended this fine young man's life. It's well, sickening. It was uh, it was something that I uh, everybody and that Urbandale officer and they I think that's the only officer they've ever lost. I know Des Moines lost a lot more, but um, I mean that shook them too. And he did the same thing. I think it was from afar. He ambushed him and killed him for no reason. For no reason. He didn't know these officers. He they hadn't interacted with him. He just out of the blue came up, and uh, that happened. Then the uh, chicken shit drives south of Des Moines out towards you know, uh, St. Charles area right. and gave himself up to a DNR officer. I think yeah. he was out of um, ammo and, and, uh, he was, was scared. He was going to get hurt. Terrible. Well, he yeah, probably yeah. should have been hurt. I'll, I'll yeah. say that anyway. Okay. Well, you know what? We've got, uh, uh, about this earlier today, the key, their school district had pulled some books out. They had some parents upset about, about some books, mm-hmm. uh, and for good measure, they were, uh, they were fairly graphic, uh, uh, inappropriate relationships, you know, stuff that you you and I wouldn't let her 14, just absolutely not. But anyway, with that being said, we've got two great guests coming on the air today, and I'd like to introduce them, if I may. Uh, Rabino is with us and is with us today, and they're both running for council. And as we speak, We're they the may Waukee, be as Waukee School Board. When this airs, they very well could be our new Waukee I School Board. So. I, I hope really, they I really win. And and the other two that are running with them, there's a quartet. I think I, I've there's been watching. A, there, there's four well. of them. We got. We were fortunate to get two. Yeah. Of them. The other two are out working hard. I think they're knocking on doors. So anyway, well, welcome guys. Welcome to the welcome. program. 
Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You know, I, I, I uh, Vin, I, I, I've seen you. I, I actually ran into these guys. We were doing a show and yeah. ran. They were knocking doors, and I came out and said, "Hey!" They started talking to them, and next I said, "We need to get you on the show. You, you and I think alike." Yeah. And, and yeah, so they absolutely. came on. What do you guys? What do you guys think about this? Uh, article that came out first off do you think it came out today for any reason was it strategic or it just happened to kind of a coincidence it came out well it just happened to be discovered at the same time that uh, we were running for school board right it came out and uh, it was a, a horrible way of uh, having our parents you know get to the reality of it right and uh, it was definitely inappropriate well, the, the, somebody found this and pointed this out, went to the school board and brought this out and said, hey, we want this stopped. And uh, evidently, and I don't know when, did that take place somewhere, a couple weeks ago, something like that? Last board meeting. Last board meeting. And, yes. And, and then so they just reacted to it today. And then, of course, it came out. It just happens to be election day. Uh, so that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, I find that. And I was reading some of the. Uh, back and forth, some of the comments, and a lot of people are upset. They thought, "Oh, you know, you're not being diverse enough, you know, and all this." But you know, there's just no place for a a, a young male to have an inappropriate relationship with an older male and have that in the library, in my opinion. But what do you guys think? I mean, well, I mean, absolutely, it was horrifying when I heard it. I was out uh, walking, knocking on doors. It wasn't me that came to your house, but. Uh, it was Vin and uh, yeah. got a couple. I of was you. Andrea, maybe I Andrea think. and me. Yep. Andrea, you, yeah. But uh, I was walking that night, and uh, my wife called, and and uh, she and our thirteen-year-old were watching the school board meeting. On and you want to talk about horrified? My thirteen-year-old listened to what those books were, and you know, I. It's horrifying, and so immediately I called my parents. I said, "Don't watch." the school board video, I'm sure it's going to go around. I didn't, I it didn't was graphic. It was graphic. It, it was horrible. And I didn't want, uh, I didn't want a lot of my friends to watch it. It was and these books are in, in our school. And I didn't know this. That's not the reason that I was running for school board. Right. Uh, but, uh, wow. Wow. Is, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Well, Jeff was, uh, not at the meeting. He got to watch it, you know, in the privacy of his home. Right. My wife and I were at the school board. I did not even know where to look, how to react. It was kind of embarrassing. It's like, yeah, somebody absolutely, yeah. and out of the blue. But you, but you know what? And I like to dig deeper into these stories. Okay, some person, some individual, or a couple of individuals made the decision to do that. And they get to hide under the Waukee School District umbrella. I want to know who specifically made that decision to put those books in a school library. Who the people were who did that? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna. I want to dig deeper into it too. And I, I don't like to make comments until I have had the opportunity to listen and talk to a lot mm-hmm. of different people. I think it's irresponsible to do that. I agree. So I want to dig deeper, but. So since this is a common sense show, can I just throw some common sense out there? Absolutely. Okay. So if you think about what is happening, there's a lot of things going on at the new Northwest High School. Well, when when they put their book order in, they they go to a book company. They put a, they order seven, eight, however many thousands of books. Right. Well, they put them on the shelves, and I guarantee you that there's there there's no human in Waukee, Iowa, that could have read all. 7,000 books, just not possible. Right. So they, this, the book company that provided the books probably has a standard package and they ship them in, put them on the shelves. And so I don't, I think it's irresponsible to really blame anybody at Waukee, but in the same breath, it is our responsibility. Yes. So it's well, tough. It's tough. It somebody is. needs to know what's, what our well, children are reading or what's out there. I agree with uh, Jeff. The thing is that this company that is providing the books is providing books, but we should have set some kind of procedures or a process in place of what kind of books we're looking for. With certain content. With certain content. This is the content we want. We don't want this. Because that should be our compliance criteria to get a book 
of a certain nature inside the school library. Well, I, and, and this is where I go. I, I mean, I understand no one can read that, but at some point you got to hold somebody accountable. Exactly. Somebody put those books on there, and you just can't put out filth. You can't put Exactly. Uh, you, you know, uh, I'm not going to say, I, I'm not going to buy the excuse, well, we couldn't read them all. Well, then you know the content. You have to set the guidelines for the content. It says, this content is stuff that we don't want. Right. And I would think the book companies can't. If they can't, you need to find a new provider for your books, uh, for who you buy your books from, I think. I want to add something here. Um, because I made this news known on my campaign page, Right. I got attacked by a lot of people yep. giving me this. And my, my comment there was that I would like to know who the kids were that actually checked out those books because I would want their parents to know that they have if their parents need to do something about it, like get them therapy or at least talk to them as a parent. But I get attacked on that as well, that I'm going to be, uh, you know, getting these kids searched out. And, you know, people are just trying to make me a, a, a kind of a villain here. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I, I go back to my thoughts. Parents are ultimately responsible for your kids. You know what, you, know what they're doing on social media, know what they're reading, know that. But at the same time, school needs to make sure they're not providing inappropriate material that these kids have access to. And, I, you know, I understand the, uh, you know, we have kids that are, are this way or different, you know, uh, but I'm sorry. I, you don't let the minority overrule the majority. Well, at the, at the same time, though, nobody is attacking gays or, exactly. you know, your, your sexual orientation is your business, okay? Yeah. yeah. But, you know heterosexuals aren't having uh, pornography put in school libraries, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, you know, keep keep what you do in the bedroom there in the bedroom and just teach our kids, you know, they're trying to bombard them with all of this stuff. If, it's just if, not if, right. if a kid wants to talk sexuality, I, I certainly believe the school needs to provide them with an outlet or someone to talk to or figure this out, mm -hmm. but not just putting generic information out there. But, you know, some of the same token and getting off this going to the other – you know, some of these theories, and, and I want you guys to talk about this, the reasons you guys have, are running, that they're promoting in these schools, this critical race theory and stuff like that. I mean, you guys, that's why you're running, am I correct? That, that's exactly why I'm running. Uh, the, the, this is the craziest story, the way the four of us got together. Eight weeks ago, we we didn't know each other. And in eight weeks, that we can form so many like-minded people in our community that say, mm -hmm. not on my watch, and people are stepping up everywhere. Now, that is frightening a lot of people. And the reason I say that is we have a lot of trolls on our pages. Uh, some of the people are real people from our community, but I think they have exposed them. Actually, uh, some of the people that uh, people know that are standing up for the some of the crazy stuff have exposed themselves, and people give us personal calls or messages and say, Hey, we all know who she or he is. And you know what, yeah. don't worry. And so, you know, what it's doing is it's bringing transparency to our community. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's just amazing, uh, how these hot button issues tend to leave the community almost instantly and then bring in all the nut jobs from around the country. There's are, a lot of nut oh jobs. Oh my gosh. It's, well, it's terrible. You know, school boards, and we've talked about this a little bit earlier, how it's, it didn't used to be political, but it's starting to be more and more political. As as the shy, people are starting to take sides down there. You're seeing your liberals, and then you're seeing your conservatives, and it's it's seeping into down here. Because I think we've talked about this, Dave, uh, a lot of this starts right at that school board. A lot of these, the, you know, these, these attitudes. As a guy with a permanent tan, and this gentleman here would can relate to this. Um, <laughs> Dave didn't fall asleep under the sun lamp. Uh, <laughs> he did not. <laughs> you know, well, I this critical race theory is insulting to me. Okay, no, nobody's born a racist because of their skin color. In fact, there's very, very few actual racists. I investigated hate crimes, race-based hate crimes for the police department. And it was ultra rare that we would find somebody who's an actual racist. I mean, they're out there. They're, they're out there. They're, they're, they're out there. But, but they don't. They don't want any notoriety. They do whatever they do amongst themselves. But they don't surface to the general public, generally speaking. So, you know, everything's racist. You know, I've been like I said, I've been called racist by white folks, and and they pirated the race word, and they're using it for for their political gain. It's terrible. Well, one of my Dave with all this the political stuff going on here with with, uh, but it, 
It's so important. You know, I've, I don't want my granddaughter sitting there being told that she should feel guilty because she's white. You know, nothing should be based on color. It should be based on your, you know, your abilities and your, your character and things like that. And they're not trying to do it. They're trying to go in there and make excuses for people. And uh, for people that don't want the excuses, I don't think. You know what I did? What I did? I grew up at 201 Elm in West Des Moines Valley Junction area. Right, right. Great parents didn't have a lot, and we basically didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of growing right. up. But instead of bitching, I studied the beautiful capitalistic composure of the United States of America. And I went out and got my piece of the pie. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Well, exactly. You guys are running. Tell me a little bit about the people you're running against. How's the how's it making up? How did you come to this? You've got, uh, I think we talked about this. You've got one candidate that's trying to get reelected out of the school board. It's a school board of seven. And then you have three it's, that aren't running. Is that is that correct? Really? Yeah, they're basically retiring or their Ret- term is over. And who is challenging you? Are they far left people? What do you know about them? Democratic Party has openly supported them, endorsed them, endorsed them, is providing uh, <clears throat> consulting to them as well, uh, and uh, they have kept on accusing us of taking money and donations from a political party, which we have absolutely not. We are a grassroots organization. People have actually come and given us donations and appreciated the the. Platform that, platform that we are running on. You have the and common sense people. You have the common sense vote. Oh, absolutely. You know, the people who are who uh, are common sense are the, not pushing the CTR stuff and this other crap out No, there. they're horrified of it. And I tell you, I've heard hundreds of some of the most awesome stories of people that are caring, people I've never met. And I'm going to tell you just about one lady that uh, I talk to her about once a week because... Huh. Uh, she's common sense. Please. You know what? And, and I'm not going to say her name, but she volunteered for a police department uh, somewhere in the metro area. I like so her I'm, already. Oh, so yeah, I'm, yeah. for sure I'm going to say this story because I just mm-hmm. talked to her on Thursday or Friday. Um, she lives in the Southeast Polk School District, but she has grandchildren going to Waukee. Mm-hmm. And she did not like a lot of things. And this was before the book thing. But she was going to donate to our campaign. Now, she's on a very limited income, and she watches her her monthly expenses. And um, as I've gotten to know her over the last couple of weeks, she told me a personal story. And this is what grassroots is all about because she donated um, a pretty decent amount of money to our campaign. Right. Um, And she told me the other day when she did it, she didn't know if she was going to have enough money to pay her other bills. Wow. And... I, I mean, I was, I was that, almost that hit you right in the heart, doesn't it? It, yeah. it does. And she got to the end of the month, and she said, "You know, Jeff," she said, uh, "I was balancing, you know, her checking account," and she said, "I had a little more money than I was planning on." And she was coming over to watch the grandkids this weekend, and mm-hmm. she's, she is, she's passionate. But these are just common sense people that say, "This is crazy talk. I can't believe what's going on." Well, you know, most most of the people who are supporting you guys who support most school boards because most a lot of, we're, we're we're lucky a lot of school boards in state Iowa are great you know they're, they're good good common sense based people but a, a lot of folks are they understand that radical school boards create animosity and dissension to where people don't want to participate having their tax dollars go to public education and that they splinter off, and that's what all that's how all this debate starts happening. You know, I support public education 150 percent. Roger and I are right, products. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. We're Valley High graduates, right? And we I may not be the best product, but we're the yeah. product. <laughs> we, <laughs> spent, <laughs> we spent a lot of time in the principal's office, that's but right. we still graduated. <laughs> we were popular. I support public education 150 percent. Just, just let's get us all back to the middle of the road. That's all I'm asking for. I can, I can respect anybody's gender and sexual orientation and race, but you know we used to be down the middle of the road. Let's get back there. Can, can you guys tell me? I'm sure you have a platform. Is that uh, give me your your best pitch here of of your your running? What? Well, I was born and raised in a country which is a small island off of Saudi Arabia. It's okay. called Bahrain. 
Okay. My heritage is Indian. Okay. And my purpose of running is very, very clear. I'm a full-blooded patriot. When I came to this country, I brought skills, I brought a small investment, and I brought a family that I want to raise. Right. I saw this country going in the exact direction where I did not want it to go. Mm-hmm. I saw there is politics in the school about all these um, racial stuff going on. The CTR stuff. Yeah. CRT stuff, oh, yes. CRT. And um, the irony of it all is that they want to promote diversity and inclusion, but they attack me as a brown person who mm-hmm. has come to this country every day because I'm running for school board. and For a common sense position. For a common sense position. And my basis for running was to get this politics out of the school district to bring a strong STEM-based education, STEM as in science, technology, engineering, math. I have a STEM career in, uh, of my own. Mm-hmm. My wife is from a STEM career. My my two boys are, uh, my older son is a STEM, uh, has a STEM career. I wanted to bring that into the school. And the, the most important reason that I wanted to do this was I wanted to bring back national pride into the hearts of our children that are going to school today because these are our future American citizens. And if they are going to not have that national pride, where are we going to go with this country? Well, it's diversive. And and when they don't, you know, the school's teaching them that, you know, we should be divided by color. I don't want that. I want my daughter to look at everybody. The liberal definition is tolerance, okay? And they're not, the liberals aren't showing tolerance. They show tolerance as long as you march step to their narrative. And then the minute you don't, they attack you. They attack this man of color right here. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, how about you? Well, basically the same thing. I want to get back to the ABCs, one, two, threes. Mm -hmm. And our teachers today have, they have a lot of pressure on them. And I think our teachers are the front line when it comes to being able to identify um, maybe mental health challenges that, that students have, and they do get to know their students. And, you know, I don't want to put the teachers where they have to get a psychology degree and, and before they can come in and teach. So I'd, what I would really like to do is if uh, the teachers can identify that, and then we as uh, school board members or a community are able to support uh, the needs that our school needs to have the right professionals in place so that so that kids that need help can get the help that they need. So, Well, some of the things that I see that I hear about, my daughter sent me some of these because she's got, you know, my grandkids. You know, you hear about these individual teachers running their own program, flying this kind of flag, promoting politics, you know, talking about these theories. How do we stop the individual teacher from doing that? Do we have to look at the superintendent that reports to you guys. Is, is that the way we have to do that? Do they have set guidelines? This isn't going to be allowed. Well, Roger, we need to get politics out of the school. So we need to enforce a curriculum, a, a process, a policy that, that says 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 that. that here's, you, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. Exactly, yes. You know, here's and the positions. That's right. And uh, have people follow that policy. It's 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 a simple thing. It's not rocket science. If we, if we have a teacher that's doing that, either shut it down or you're going to be gone. I think that's what needs to happen. Exactly. But, uh, you know. I, well, I, I know a ton of teachers, and they, by and large, are an outstanding group of professionals. Absolutely. And, you know, so I, I don't want them by the actions of a few renegades vilified because I support public education. I support teachers. I I think they've got an immensely difficult job, particularly in the times we're living in, Mm -hmm. but they're the, they're, they're teaching our children who are going to carry the torch responsibility. And I go, I go back to Jeff, you know, let's stick to the basics. Let's stick to the basics. Let's, you know, when I was in school, I don't remember anything but the basics, you know, and I had, trouble learning that so you know <laughs> i had trouble learning that you don't throw anything else on me but you know i uh, see and we we all need to be 150 percent behind these teachers and these kids because they're going to be taking care of all of us when we're up on stage like biden soiling ourselves you know they're <laughs> they're going to be the ones leading the charge now now here's a uh, an interesting question i'm going to pose to you and i don't we didn't talk about this 
What's your th- what's your thinking or theory about uh, kids being forced to wear masks to school? As a mandate, we got to remember one thing. We live in the United States of America. Right. You cannot mandate something. I think the parents should get the decision on that. They make right? the decision. Yeah. The parents should decide. Another thing is that we don't have a mask mandate in Iowa. So why are we trying to mandate school. it in schools? If my my daughter has a condition that she needs to wear a mask, I will send her to school wearing a mask. Right. I don't want Jeff's son to wear a mask just because my daughter has a condition, you see? So I would leave it to Jeff as a parent to decide that. That's correct. And when, when we go into the public for anything, like a public school or a mall or anything public, going into the public has certain risk. Well, me as, as a parent, I'm going to weigh those risks if I'm going to put my family or myself in, in that risk that, position. That, that's it. Well, you know, uh, we talk about that. I mean, how many thousands of people are together every weekend now for football? And these yes. stadiums are full. Have we had any outbreaks? I haven't heard of one. Not have I? You know, but they but the government wants to tell you who you how many people you can have for your dinner table for Christmas. But <laughs> we have thousands of and there had been an outbreak. So I tell you, in my opinion, I think what we're all dealing with here it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's education, if it's county, state, municipal, federal government. I think people are starting to wake up, and they don't want to be participants of and funding a nanny state. Period. You know, we, we outgrew that. When we became adults, we became adults. I don't need anybody and from any party trying to tell me how to live my life. As long as you obey the law, you're a hard-working, self-respecting person, I don't care what you do, as long as you abide by those basic traditions that made this country great. I don't want them telling my kids how to behave. I, that's my job. Yeah. That's the parents' job. Let's yeah. put that back on the parents. And if you're going to put that back on the parents, then you give them the right to decide whether or not their kid's going to wear a mask or not going to wear a mask. And, and I'm sorry, if your child has some de- deficiency or is at high risk, then maybe, you ought to, maybe that public school is not the place for them. It's not change the whole school. It's take the one individual and what can we do to make them better. Uh, put but a that's mask the parent's there. choice. I mean, yeah. the parent has to make decisions for their family, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I believe. I, I know it's a very hot topic right now. I guess my next question is, and this is a good one, I, th- I think, what do you think about Biden making parents terrorists, uh, what do they call them, the homegrown terrorists, where they threaten the school boards? And I'm not for threatening school boards, but I'm certainly uh, for letting them express their opinion. I'll tell you this. This is a very... A near and dear question to me today because I have been called a domestic terrorist on social media just because I'm running for school board. I have been called an extremist and names that I cannot even say it on your show, no matter how. Well, you can say you whatever are. you want. <laughs> we we get there, but no, no yeah. I. So it's it's heartbreaking because I grew up in a country which was needing to be vetted when people were coming in for after 9-11. And I was one of those people who had to, you know, be vetted because I was born in that country. Um, so v- when people call me a terrorist, I feel very, very bad. Somebody who has stood up to be a patriot, who is a full-blooded American, and being called a terrorist just for standing for school board is very hurtful. Well, for, uh, you know, for parents just to ask question the school board. I mean, we were taught to question our, our leaders and we do that. And now that now what Biden doesn't want to allow them to do that just because they're upset. And they, and quite frankly, most of these parents from what I'm hearing, I'd be upset too. I'd be raising my voice. I'd be yelling. Now again, I don't portray uh uh support anybody who threatens to harm anybody or burn anything down or do yeah. anything that. I mean I guess you gotta be a uh BLM member to get you know what what I was a a duly elected member of the Norwalk City Council for four years when the citizenry would come to me and they were passionate about an issue that for me was time out I want to hear these people they they're mad for a reason I want I want we want to keep them quiet yeah, I know. Yeah, I want to hear it. And to I, involve I, the FBI in the deal to involve the right. uh, our federal people to threaten them with jail. Where's the common sense there? Uh, <laughs> No. Well, I'm going to tell you from a, law, from a law enforcement standpoint, I'd hate to be the FBI agent that has to come uh, enforce that. Now, again, if you've threatened somebody, that's one thing. But if you just stand there, I'm going to feel stupid as right. No, got to take a look at the situation though and say, okay. And, and you know, I love the name of your show, but 
what you talk about is common sense. So when we hear things like that from the government, don't we have to try to connect some dots in our brain saying, what? We're going to make these people are what? At some point you have to question what in the hell the government's doing. That's right. Well, and I, I've been doing that for years. I, I've been taking on the establishment because they're not always right. And in government, more times than not, they're wrong. They, you know, we, we have a system that needs to be overhauled. And I'm not talking about constitutional overhaul. I'm talking about the mechanics of government. You know, government was never supposed to be in the business of uh, developing block grants for economic development. That, that wasn't right. in our, that wasn't in our, our forefathers, yeah. you know, train of thought or uh, bonding, you know, or giving huge amounts of money to businesses. That was not what we were about. And so we need to get back to basics yep. here. It's called, it's called core services, and education is definitely a core service. Well, I can tell you, gentlemen, after the time we've spent today with you, and we've, we talked considerable before we got on the air, I can tell you you're our kind of candidates. We support mm -hmm. you. We, I think we're all on the same page. We could be here all night talking about these ass clowns running this country and <laughs> the current school board people. We need common sense people, and I'm going to tell our listeners, these are the guys that you got to elect – you need to get out and vote for Vin, and you got to vote for Jeff and get them out there. And I'm going to give you each a couple minutes to give, tell our listeners what they need to do uh, and give them your best pitch, and we'll get out. Well, my personal pitch is this. I want to promote academic excellence for every walking student and bolster a STEM curriculum. I want to have really responsible leadership and proficient budget oversight on behalf of all our taxpayers. I also want to enable every student to thrive as their true self, regardless of who they are, what they believe, or where they're from. Right. right. Okay. Good. How can you, how can you argue that? I mean, wow. I, just, I like that, that too. But the other thing I'm that I'm passionate about to add to what Vin just said is, um, I want to. I just want to bring transparency. But before you get to transparency, you have to get to trust, and before you get to trust, you have to listen to your community. I, I love listening to everybody. I don't care. I don't care if they are the ass clowns. I just wanted to say that. But even if <laughs> it's, even, it's fun to say, it's fun to say. Even if they are, yeah. I still want to listen to them. Right. 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 They have a voice. And that's the beautiful part about our country. I, and so I want to listen to everybody. And when you listen to people, they feel a little bit better because people want their voices heard. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the great thing about a school board. There's seven of us then that get together and talk about the topics. And we're like, this is what I'm hearing. And when I hear things, I can sit at the table and say, have you heard from our community or are you just pulling this from your special agenda? And, yeah. and you know, that's common sense. You listen to the people that you're, I don't know. Novel idea. Oh, huh? my goodness. So, you listen to the people who pay the bills. Yeah, and when you yeah. listen to people, you start building the trust, and then you can have transparency. You know, there's nothing to hide. And that's what we want. I mean, who does it? Years ago when I was running the Des Moines Police uh, Bargaining Unit at the Union, I went public with our concerns, and we got politically active. And I found out, going to what you're talking about, the citizenry loved it. They loved hearing from somebody who wasn't the chief right. you know, or a high-ranking officer. They wanted to hear the meat and potatoes version of what was going on in police work and in the political world at City Hall. They have an insatiable appetite for that. And you hit the nail right on the head. Well, before I say, before you, I know we're running long on time, but uh, I have family members that are police officers and I have friends that are police officers. And so but, when you guys earlier in the show, I was listening and uh, when uh, there's a family that doesn't get their loved one to come home at night, that just breaks my heart. And so for all of the police officers that are li listening, you know, I've got your six. Give, give him a shout out. Give him a shout out. Absolutely. Tell, tell, what's, what? No, 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 okay. I just, no, I, did, I don't want to okay, put anybody fine. in a position. Love it. Go ahead, Ben. Love it. I want to say that uh, I just want to make education great again. And people don't like that because I'm using the acronym MEGA, M E G A. Great. Absolutely. So if you see me wearing a hat with MEGA on it, that's me. Trying to make education, education great. Great. Well, I want to tell you guys, I appreciate you coming on. We support yes. you. I will tell. Anybody who listens to our show who votes, and when this show comes out, 
the election may be still going. Go out and vote. Support these guys. If not, these are your guys that you want to support. Mm -hmm. They're their values. That's what the police department, uh, you know, they're on the same page with us. A couple ex-cops, and we're, we're supporting these guys. So I well, One thing I'll you. ask you guys not to do, hope, hope you're successful and you win, don't take us back to Roger and I's days where kindergartners were forced to take a nap on a rug on a hard floor <laughs> and drink w lukewarm milk and eat a graham cracker. I've been known to take a nap anywhere, you know. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank yeah, everybody thank you. for coming out. Dave, it was a great show. Raj, Re another good one in the bag. Remember, All folks, right. uh, keep us uh, in your heart. Always uh, use common sense. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell somebody to listen to us. Till next week. Talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to Cop Talk USA with your hosts, Marillo and French.